if you ache for truth, goodness, and beauty, if you're hungry for a Christianity with substance and strength, if you long for a faith that's big and bold and biblical and all about Jesus Christ, if you're inspired by the idea of one church that has spanned 20 centuries, 24 time zones, and two hemispheres, enfolding every race, nation, and language, then you're considering Catholicism. One of the most common misconceptions that Protestants have about Catholicism is that it's all an elaborate system that Catholics use to try and earn their way into heaven. Now, Protestants insist that Christ died one time on the cross to offer us total salvation, which is completely free to us if we just have enough faith to accept it. After that, they say, there's nothing else that we need to do. Now, I know that Protestants say that because I was one, and I heard it all the time. I may have even said it myself, but just a few times, because many years ago, I began to suspect that it wasn't true. And so I began to investigate Catholicism, and, well, here I am. But from the outside, all of our Catholic prayers and fasts, rosaries and liturgies, adorations and saints and confessions look to Protestants and evangelicals like, at best, a giant waste of time. Why jump through all those hoops when Jesus offers you salvation and peace as a free gift? At worst, it looks to them like human-centered religion, an attempt to force God into our boxes and coerce him into saving us because we earned it. Of course that isn't true. Catholicism declares that we are saved by faith in the one-time sacrifice and resurrection of Christ. But after we are saved, the church points us in the direction of sanctification, and it helps us along the path of faith and knowledge and holiness so that we can grow and mature and become more like Jesus over time. Now, if you've been following the podcast, you know that my Protestant friend Ed is curious about and considering Catholicism, and that we've been getting together to tackle his questions and document his journey. In this session, we discussed the difference between salvation and spiritual growth, and how all those Catholic devotions and good works don't save us, but they do make us stronger. Welcome to Church Chats with Greg and Ed, where Greg and his Protestant friend Ed chat about the church. Hey, Greg, thanks for having me back. I'm, uh, I'm really digging these, and I'm thinking about it during the week before we uh, get together to talk. And I, I thought maybe we could go back to something we touched on last time. Um, yeah, sure. About... Uh, uh, about how I live my life and my inner life and so forth. I, I in my life in the Protestant Church, um, I, I feel like they've been asking me and pushing me, uh, to, you know, to change, to, to get better, to be better, right. uh, and I want to. Right. But I, I just really feel like I'm, I'm really not getting all that much better. You know what I mean? I feel right. like the same. I feel like the same Christian I was. When I was 20, right. and that was like, you know, a really long time ago. <laughs> um, 
So when it comes to how or what exactly do I do? Do I do? I, I, you know, I'm, I, I'm not getting all that much guidance. I, you know, I'm, I'm admonished to read the Bible and pray, and uh, right. and I can find an accountability partner um, right. and all that. But beyond that, you know, what do I do? Do I just try really, really hard? It's, it's, it's exhausting. I'm right. tired from it. I'm not getting traction. Yeah, yeah, it is exhausting. And I mean, I remember feeling that way. I mean, all the decades I spent as a Christian and and um, as a Protestant Christian or whatever, and feeling like I, I never uh, questioning whether how much I was really growing. And it becomes exhausting because you want to be growing, um, right. but you're not really sure how. And it's almost almost like I'm on a treadmill. And I'm just endlessly walking this treadmill for hours and hours and hours a day, and I don't lose any weight. You know, I don't, I don't get any fitter. And after a while, I started to say, well, and like you say, it's like, well, you know, you could read your Bible more, and you could right. um, go to more church services, and you should, um, you know, spend more quiet time, and, you know, maybe go on a mission trip every year, or you, right? I mean, there were these things, right? Like, and here's another devotional book you could sort of be right. reading, or, uh, you know, um, you could, you know, like pray more, and... But I would feel like I would try to do this. I would read whatever the latest devotional book is, or I would spend, if, if five minutes reading my Bible in the morning wasn't making me feel better, I'd read 10 minutes or 20 or 30 or 40. Right. And right. at some point, I'm just like reading endless amounts of chunks of scripture. And I don't feel like, after a while, or I, I go to more services and I sing more praise songs. And at some point, I go, what am I, what am I supposed to do? Right. You know, and... and <laughs> It's funny because what was the sort of barrier that I had as I had been told from the first time I became a Christian that there's nothing that you do, right? Like right. this is what Catholics think. Catholics think that you have to do stuff to be saved. But, you know, the gospel is we don't have to do anything. You know, I mean, I'd hear, I'd hear preachers or pastors go, there is no list. There's nothing you have to do. Catholics think they have to do all this stuff. You don't have to do anything. And, and I'd go, well, wait a minute. But but it seems like that I should do something, right? You know, and for me, it was the realization that we were talking about two different things. So there's a there's what I I don't do anything to save myself, right? Right? I'm only saved because Jesus Christ did something, right? And the Catholics and people say well, Catholics don't believe that. He go Catholics came up with it, man. I mean, right? right. Like the early church, <laughs> right? Right? You know, I mean, Peter and Paul and the early saints and the early church fathers. I mean, who do you who do you think wrote in the canon of the scriptures, right? I mean, we get it that we are saved by the death and resurrection of Christ and faith in that. But then what? Then, then what? And I was always told, well, there's no list. There's, there's nothing you, you specifically do. You just, you, you just. Uh... So, so here, here's what it was like for me. And I remember when I was going through that, that period, I, I, I had all these analogies that like were forming in my head. Right. Right. Like I'm going, ah, oh, this feels like. And here's one. Like, okay, so. I get a membership, you know, maybe I'm not happy with, you know, I wish I could lose weight and get in better shape. So I get a gym membership at like Planet Fitness. 
Right. Right. And I go get myself a new pair of shorts and a cool new t-shirt and some, you know, cool new, you know, shoes or something. And I go to Planet Fitness for the first day and I walk in and there's like a thousand machines. I mean, there's all these complicated looking machines, you know, I mean, there's, there's cardio machines, there's treadmills and bikes and elliptical things. And there's like machines to do your arms and your legs and your back and your neck. And there's the free weights. And then there's the, the bouncy balls and there's like all this stuff. And I just stand there and look at this vast all of these machines and, and go what do I do now right like like what machines should I do like and so what you end up doing like I don't know if you've ever done this but I mean the periods where I yeah, join something like that and then I wander around from machine to machine sort of aimlessly going well uh, I, I guess I could kind of do this thing. I don't like that one. Um, <laughs> that doesn't seem right. for me. But this machine here, like move my arms like this. I kind of like this one. And and I'll go over here and I'll kind of flub around on the elliptical thing, but or the stair thing. But I always feel like I'm going to fall off the stair right. thing. So I'll go over to the <laughs> right. And I sort right. of wander around aimlessly, and I don't know exactly what machines I should be doing, in what order, um, how many reps, at what weight, whatever. I don't have any idea. And so, but I, I, I really want to try. So I keep going back to Planet Fitness and I keep going back and I keep going back and I sort of aimlessly wander around. And I, and I, and I of course, I end up doing some things that I like to do Right. more and I avoid the things so that I don't want to. This one's easy. I'll do this. Yeah, yeah. or I kind of like, I, I like it when I do this. It makes my arms right. feel, you know, yeah. good or, or whatever. But it never amounts to anything. I keep weighing myself. I keep looking at myself. I, I never get any better. And that was one of the things that, that struck me was I wanted to grow in my Christian life. I mm-hmm. wanted to become more like Jesus. I'd ask people, what are we supposed to do? And, of course, you would quote, what Jesus, you know, we should love the Lord our God with all our heart, mind, soul, and strength and love our neighbor ourselves, right? Those are the command, the two commandments Jesus gives us. And that is, by the way, a list. Love the Lord your God with all our mind and soul. Like, I love your neighbor as yourself. But you go, how do I do that? Like, how do I, how how do I love God with all my heart, soul, mind, and strength? And how do I love my neighbor as myself? Like, love them like the sentiment, like I feel love towards them? Or is there something as a verb that I'm something I'm supposed to do? Like, is there some way that I'm supposed to love God and some way I'm supposed to love my neighbor? And it occurred to me, and that was where I just kind of flubbering around in the, the planet, the spiritual planet fitness, you know? And, right. and so finally I said, you know, you know what I need is I need like a, like a trainer, you know, like the guys at Planet Fitness that are all super fit and, you know, like this guy clearly knows what he's doing, right? right? And he go, hey, dude, give me some uh, lessons or something here, right? And right. he goes, okay, well, we'll do a session and uh, here we're going to make up a plan for you. And, you know, on Mondays, Wednesdays, and Fridays, you should do these machines with this weight, with this many reps. And on Tuesdays and Thursdays, you work on your legs or whatever the case is, right? And he gives you right. a program. Well, what occurred to me when I was on my road to Rome was that that's what the saints are like. Mm-hmm. You know, I've got, yeah. I've got, I've got 2000 years of the saints and the saints are, are like that fitness trainer. They, they are people who achieved, these are people who really did love God, not just feel love toward him, but actually, you know, loved God and they loved right. their neighbor. And so now I'm going to these spiritual giants, right? right? People who actually did it. And like that fitness trainer, and they're now giving me, since coaching, 
So it became like, how do I love God? Well, there are certain kinds of things I can do. I can, here's, here's ways that, you know, spiritual readings I can do. Here's prayers I can do. Here's programs of prayer. Here's programs of, uh, of reading. Here's, here's, here's ways I can worship. Here's the sacraments I can. Right. Right. And, and, and if I, and if I do these, things, I dispense with the silliness about I'm saving myself because I'm not, what I am doing is trying to become more like Christ. I'm trying to right. love the Lord, my God, with all my heart, soul, mind, and strength. And I'm trying to then love my neighbor as myself. And I'm getting a state of a program or coaching from 2000 years of people who, who, who have great experience and great success in it. Right. Well, I, you know, I want to, I see that guy at the gym and I want to look like him. <clears throat> First time I went to, uh, ever went to lift weights. I had read, read Arnold Schwarzenegger's book, so I pretty much knew everything I thought I needed to know. Right. And there was a guy there who was Mr. Michigan, and he was right. worked at this little gym, and he was going to coach me, you know? Right. And I got done, and I was all exhausted and everything, and I wanted, what, I, what I wanted to know was, you know, okay, do I just keep doing this? Because if right. that's, if, this is going to take a long time. I, I'm not going <laughs> to invest 15 years in right. this unless somebody can tell me for sure that, you know, so I, I joined Planet Fitness and I don't know what I'm doing and I, right. I work on the machine and I come back a week later and I've done it twice and I think, I don't know, I don't feel any better. But if there was somebody who could tell me, look, you just keep doing this. Right. You're on, you're on the right road. Well, you know, that, that's exactly it. You know, you want to go to people like for anything that's worth getting better at or anything that you want to do well at, you know, whether that's learning how to I mean, you're a musician and you give lessons, you give right. guitar and piano lessons. And it's like, I, if I want to learn how to play guitar or piano, I, I go to Ed and, and take lessons, right? And, and you're going to give me homework. I know you do that with your guitar students. You know, here's, right. here's these guitar exercises or chords or things to practice and then come back next week and do this. And we, we have a progression of improvement. If I want to learn how to, you know, hit a golf ball better, I go to my swing coach. I, right. and, and I'll give you, here, here's a perfect one. Love my wife and my children. Mm -hmm. So, you know, you get instruction in terms of here's how you treat your spouse, right? I mean, here's things you can do to materially, not just love your wife, like I feel loving feelings, but actually to love your wife and to love your kids and be a good father. So if I want to be a better husband and father, you know, one of the things I do is I go talk to people who are good husbands and fathers right. and who have been successful with that. And, and they give me a program of improvement. And so in all these ways, it's, I, I think that's one of the things when I was going through my road to Roman, I was just so frustrated with spending 30 years as a Protestant and being told, just read my Bible more or go to more church, you know, uh, you know, praise songs, singing sessions or do this. And I'm not denigrating those things, right. but I just felt like it was like the guy at Planet Fitness who's been walking the treadmill for two hours you know, with, with a Walkman on, eating the Tootsie Rolls out of the free right. bowl thing there. And he just doesn't, you know, you want to go up and go, dude, I think after two hours, you're hitting a diminishing returns. It's not, it's, right. you're not getting any better at this. So right. I, I wanted to learn. And that's what I think what Catholicism, one of the things that was appealing to me was that whether it was the sacramental life, whether it was, um, you know, moral theology, whether it was the programs of prayer and spiritual exercises. I struggled. I'll be really honest on the podcast here. You know, I mean, I was a pastor and a church planter and I wrote books and traveled right. and spoke, but my prayer life, I didn't know really what to do in the morning. 
Right. right. Like I had of like, you know, I'd be like, oh, I'm reading through the book of whatever those last few weeks. And so I'd like read that a little bit. And then there'd be like, you know, somebody gave me a devotional book with a little thought for the day or something. Right. And then I'd have quiet time and I'd just sort of sit there and, you know, early in the morning and I got right. have a coffee and I sort of stare out the window and I'm not sure exactly what I'm supposed to do. And I felt <laughs> I had this one, one time when I was senior pastor at this church. It was a larger church. And I had this really cool office with this big window. And, you know, my secretary, when I first got the job, was like, you can come in here and you can do your morning quiet time. And I'm like, oh, cool. And so, you know, she's like, she brings me this cup of coffee in the morning. I said, no, I'm going to do my quiet time. And then I sat there with a cup of coffee and this like really nice chair furniture they gave me. And I would kind of stare at the off out the window and look at the lake. And I would be like, um, I'm trying to talk to God and I'm not really right. sure what I'm supposed to do. And I'm the, like the pastor. I don't even know what I'm supposed to do. I'm like, right. I'm praying. I'm like, oh God, I'm really worried about this meeting today. Or this, right. so we got to make budget this month and help me to be a better person. But there was no program. And so when I was on my road to road, somebody gave me this, this book of Catholic prayer. Mm-hmm. Um, it's, it's, it's a fantastic, I mean, there's a lot of them out there, but there was this one like basic prayers for the Catholic or whatever. And I was not Catholic yet, but, and it had like this program of morning prayer, midday prayer, evening prayer. And they were from the tradition of the liturgy of the hours. So there was like, you know, structured <clears throat> Psalm and structured, you know, and it was like, I would start just doing that. I started doing the morning prayer and it was all biblical. I mean, it was all like different kind of biblical passages and things like that. And it was organized, but I started working through these, mm-hmm. the morning prayer and the, the noon prayer and the evening prayer. And I, that was like transformational for me. Right. And it was like, all of a sudden it was like going to Planet Fitness and being told on Mondays, Wednesdays, and Fridays, you work on these machines and you do this and you do this. Right. And on Tuesdays and Thursdays, you do legs and you do cardio on Saturday. And all of a sudden I was like, now I know what I'm supposed to do. And I started noticing, I hadn't even become Catholic yet, but I started noticing this, this huge growth. Mm-hmm. You know, for me, I just started to feel like I'm a, I am know how to apply myself to something now. I had forgotten about this uh, until you said it, but <clears throat> I borrowed a book, I borrowed a page from the Catholic book, like maybe five years ago. I, I wanted to pray regularly, but I didn't, I didn't know what to do. You know, and I wanted, I have all these people I want to pray for and situations right. I want to pray for, things, right. uh, my kids and, you know, my family and my friends and everything. So I went to the uh, the, the bookstore, the Catholic bookstore, and I was going to get, like, these beads. I thought were rosary beads or something, but I didn't know anything about the rosary. And so I thought, well, I don't know, it's not going to work for me. I really want, so I, I, went, to the, I went to the bead shop in Grand Haven, <laughs> and I bought... A whole bunch of different beads. They're oh all very, gosh. very different that would feel different in my fingers. Right. Okay. Big ones, little ones, round ones, square ones, whatever. Uh, and then I threaded them all through a guitar string, <laughs> a guitar string through them so that they wouldn't get tangled. And then when I was out doing this long delivery route I was doing for the auto parts store, I would reach into my pocket and pull that out and put my hand, um, I would thumb through these. Right. And I would pray first for my wife. And, yeah. and then for my daughters and then yeah. for my friends and then for situations and, and, and things would come and go out of there. My f- family and friends always right. stayed the same, but, you know, situations. And I found that was really, really helpful. I, I feel like my prayer life right. grew as oh, I yeah. did that because of the structure. And um, I, I don't think I've ever gotten any kind of instruction like that right. uh, up until then. There was when I worked at the church at this big church in town, we were given one day, I don't know, like a month or one day every two months to go away and pray. Right. 
So like somebody would offer me, some generous person would offer me the use of their cottage. And right, I'd, I had that I'd too, yeah. drive up for two hours and then, and then have spend the whole day praying. And like 15 minutes into my day of I, prayer, I'm uh, like, well, okay, I kind of burned through. God, I want my music department to do better. And I, I, need, I want to pray for so-and-so. He's having a rough time. And, and this woman just had a heart attack. And, and uh, I'm looking now I'm looking at my watch and I'm thinking, is, is, there, a, is there a restaurant near here? I had the have, same thing because people would always come to me because of the positions that I held. And they're like, we have this cottage or this cabin and we'd like to let you use it. And, and you know, I'd, I'd go there and it's really generous and you'd sit there. But like, you know, by 1030 in the morning, I'm like, I wonder what's for lunch. Right. You know, like I don't know what to do. And when I got that book I still sits on my little table next to my reading chair in the morning the just I somebody gifted it to me like seven eight years ago because I knew I was thinking about becoming Catholic and a book of basic Catholic prayers and and it had you know these morning noon evening ones right. and there are different things that I did at different times a day so for example uh, in the basic evening prayer right one of the things you do is the examination of conscience so you look back at your day Mm-hmm. And you kind of review your day and where I, you know, stepped right and where I stepped wrong and right. right. And you kind of reflect on those things and sort of take an inventory. Now, you know, some people may do that intuitively, but all of a sudden I knew that, okay, in the morning I do this, right. at noon I do this, in the evening I do an examination of my conscience and I commit myself. And all of a sudden I had a program. Right. And, um, and I just felt like, that was really transformational for me. I mean, aside from all the theology and all the other things that we can get into about doctrine and everything else, I mean, just that interior life and having mm-hmm. a, um, and, and finally not feeling like I was wandering around Planet Fitness or wandering around in my relationship with my wife or my children. I, you know, trying to materially be a, a better husband or father, trying to do this. And I'll, I'll, I'll say, just say this about about that a little bit, about what, like a, a quote that really struck me. Um, there was a French novelist, and I didn't know who the guy was at the time, but uh, named, uh, well, in English it's Leon Blois, B-L-O-Y, but like in French, my French pronunciation, I was terrible, uh, Leon Blois, Leon Blois. But anyway, this guy had said that the only, this is the quote, the only real sadness, the only real failure, the only great tragedy in life is not to become a saint. And man, that was like a dagger in my heart when I was on my road to Rome. I was like, I might go through my whole life. I might do all of this stuff. I might preach a thousand sermons. I write my write books. I might do this. I might do that. I might build churches. But, but I never really sort of reached my potential. I never, I never really loved God. Again, not when we say love God and love my neighbor, not that I felt loving feelings towards right. them, but that I didn't actually, like with a verb, love them. And I didn't right. love God in the ways that I could have loved God. I didn't love my neighbors the ways that I could have. And I, went, I, 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 I want to say when I look back at my life that I, I loved God. I loved my neighbor, not just I felt little right. feelings, but I loved them. I, I, I practiced love towards them. Somebody show me how, not only show me how, but help me get better at it over time. Help me to grow. Help me to become a saint. Because that, that quote, you know, the, the, the great sadness of my life, the great failure, the great tragedy would be to lay there at my last hour and go, I just, I was that guy at Planet Fitness wandering around. 
Yeah. And I, I spent a thousand hours in Planet Fitness in my life and I, and I never lost any weight. And I never got any better. And I, I flubbered around in my Christian life and never really became a saint. Or, you know, not that I ever became a saint, but I mean, I, I didn't become all that God wanted me to be. Um, you know, we have to get saved, but then after we have to get saved, we have to get, we have to get formed. We have to become made holy. One of the things I thought you, you gave some analogies. One of them was if I wanted to join the Marines and I thought it was, it looked really cool to be a Marine. I really wanted to be one and, you know, duty, honor and, and all those things. Uh, those guys look great. You get a sword um, and yeah. you get a sword, you get a sword and everything, right? <laughs> a cool uniform. So I go down, I, you know, I picture myself going down to the recruiter's office and I say, what do I have to do to become a Marine? Marine? And he says, well, you just sign here. You know, you're, you're of age, you just need to sign here and, uh, and you're in. So I signed the paper and he says, well, you're a Marine now. And I, well, what do I do? Well, you're a Marine. I mean, well, what about all that other stuff? Well, you, you can do it or you cannot do it, but you don't have to. I mean, you don't have to be really good at it, but, but you're a Marine now. Well, yeah, but how do I, you know, well, just, just, just be a really good well, Marine. What about the duty and the honor? What about the, what about the, like, you know, being able to storm the hill and the Ujima? Well, you yeah. know, some guys are like, yeah, some guys are into that, yeah. into that sort of thing, but you we know, really like those guys, but yeah, yeah, you know, we're not going to tell you, like, but, but if, if, if that's not that your thing and you're not into that, you don't, I mean, right. The important so, thing is that, and the important thing is that you're signed up. So, so when I, um, so, so right. I mean, so what you're saying is in a sense, I go, I get it that I can come down and I can accept Christ as my savior. And now right. I'm a Christian. Well, right. But exactly. N- n- now what? Yeah. You talked about me teaching music. Um, I would, I would tell my students, you, you, if you want to be good at this, here are the things you have to do. But I think they didn't, a lot of them chafed at it. Um, and I was, I was reading uh, this uh, guy named Bishop Barron. I've been reading some of right. his stuff online. And one of the things he said was, and he used a music analogy, he said, you know, if you want to be a really good musician, you need to, you need to discipline yourself and do all the things that they tell you to do. And, and when you have formed yourself as a musician and you've gotten to a high enough position, you will be free to express yourself and play the things that you want to play. It's that inner life that, right. and that's the structure of it that I feel like I'm missing. Well, it's, it's discipline, right? I mean, discipline sets you free, right? Discipline right. is freedom. I was Jocko Willick, who's like, was the head of the seals or something on a seal commander. And his, he's got a podcast and kind of a popular guy, but he's got a book that I actually bought pretty good called discipline. I think it was discipline is freedom or discipline sets you free. And that is, is that when you're not sort of in chaos, you know, you're not sort of endlessly sort of starting over, right. you know, you think about in your life, whether like maybe it's your finances or your fitness or, you know, your, your, your house is just disorganized, out of control, or you do right. whatever, you know, and you feel like you're just constantly starting over again. You never, you never get anywhere, but when you sort of discipline yourself and you have self-discipline, all of a sudden you, you can make, right. You can make progress. You can do things. You can make choices. I I remember saying to my kids when they were in school, you know, little kids going through school and high school, especially as they they were in high school, getting closer to college. And we would talk about what do you want to be when you grow up kind of thing. And I'd say, well, look, if you, if you're disciplined and you study and you do well, you'll have choices. 
Right. You'll have like all these choices because you could, you could go into this, you could go to that, you could do, you know, get this field, that field, this school, that school. Right. Whereas if you just are stumbling and fumbling along, you'll have to just sort of, you know, take what you can get. Right. And, and sort of by analogy, if, if I, if I discipline myself, I discipline myself spiritually, I discipline myself relationship with God. And, and right, the word discipline is just the same with the word discipleship, right. right? If I become a disciple, if I become disciplined in my discipleship, that all of a sudden, if I develop that spiritual discipline, I'll then be able to make choices. I'll be able to do things. I'll have that freedom, like you were saying, to serve God or pursue things because, in a sense, through God's help, I've learned to master some things in my life. So, so where is the direction to do that? Where is that going to come from? Where am I going to get? How am I going to get there? I, I don't want to make it up. I don't want to make right. it. I don't, I don't want to be out on my own. And I don't right. want to be told that whatever I come up with is fine. Right. Um, I want to be told, frankly, right. uh, how, how, how to do this. Because I, uh, after living um, 65 years, <laughs> I have figured out that it is through... Uh, uh, what's the phrase, a long obedience in the same direction, right? right. It's, it, uh, right. It, it's through that, that I'm, you know, but I don't want to assume that I don't need anybody to tell me right. things. And uh, it looks to me like there is a, a wealth of information in the Catholic Church that I have up till now just not even considered. Uh, right. Not only that, but, but uh, I'm very curious about uh, maybe we can talk more about this in an upcoming podcast. But what does what does the Catholic life then actually look like? What right. does how do I get? How does the Catholic Church actually week to week, right. day to day, help me into that into that inner life, being my you know, grow my inner life? Yeah, yeah, that's a good question. I mean, and we'll, we'll talk about that the next, you know one of the next times we get together. But I think it's a fantastic question because. I, Right. Like, I'm not saying that in the Protestant life, there's things that you don't do. You know, I was right. visiting with some friends at a Protestant church just last night, you know, and still good friends. Um, and, you know, they had their, you know, it was a, you know, an evening meeting at church and there are things. It's not like they don't do anything, but there is an order to it, you know, and, and there's a rhythm to it. And I think that's one of the things about the sacramental life is that there's a mm -hmm. rhythm to it. So, you know, I can go to daily mass and... You know, ideally, that's fantastic. But there is a rhythm of, and well, and this is a thing that used to trip me up and trips the Protestants, but, you know, the sort of obligation of Sunday, from mm -hmm. Sunday to Sunday and going, I'm going to take the Eucharist, I'm going to go to Mass, and uh, I'm periodically going to go to confession and reconciliation, and I'm periodically going to do certain kinds of things. And what happens is you live into this sort of disciplined life. You know, back when I was younger and fitter and whatever, I remember that I ran a couple of marathons mm -hmm. and I signed up for like the marathon training group at the local running right. store, right? And it was like, here's this program over the next six months, you're going to do this on these days and we're going to have group runs on Saturdays and all these things. And if you do this, uh, six months from now, you're going to be able to go run the Chicago Marathon, which I did. Right. I followed the program. I stuck with the rhythms right. of it. And six months later, I ran the Chicago Marathon. Um, and so there is a sort of rhythm and structure that, that helps us improve. And one of the things I think that Catholicism is set up for, and to your point, is there is a rhythm and structure for it in life. There is, you know, going to 
partaking of the sacraments on a regular basis. It's it's making sure that we, uh, you know, that we go to mass on Sunday, that we take the Eucharist, that we that we go to go to confession and re- reconciliation on a regular basis, and that discipline over time, that discipling, mm-hmm. discipline becomes discipling over time, and it gives structure to our lives. You've also, I've read a little bit, and you've talked about uh, means of grace. Yeah. And it's something I don't understand very well. I'd love to talk about it more. Yeah, we'll talk about that more in the future. But real quick, let me just want to say, say real quick about that one, because I think it's, it's, it's relevant to this. You know, it was another thing I struggled with as a Protestant, this whole idea of means of grace. I mean, why isn't grace just given me? Look, the grace we have here, here's what I would say as a Protestant, right? I would say... Grace comes through the death and resurrection of Christ. So the death and resurrection of the, of his body, right? Mm-hmm. We're saved through the incarnation of the body of Christ. Well, what is his body today? His body is the church. I mean, that's not me making that up. That's right. not some weird Catholic thing. That's Jesus. This is you know, right. the body, is the, the, right? I mean, St. Paul. Paul says over and over again, the church is the body of Christ. Through God's grace is given through his body, which is the church. And in, as we are part of his body, as we live in his body, the church, mm-hmm. grace is given to us. And, and then, of course, we have the Eucharist, which is a particular instance of his body. But really, it is through the body of Christ, which is incarnationally the church. And living into that, we experience the grace of Mm-hmm. of God through the body of Christ um, in those ways. And so, uh, yeah, we'll pick more up about that. But yeah, I, I think I think it's it just kind of, you know, I guess put a bow on it, you know. That's that exhaustion I felt. And I felt when somebody gave me that little black prayer book. Mm-hmm. I mean, that was a real turning point for me because I had spent, I don't know, 15 years prior to that studying the theology and the doctrine and the history of the right. church, given my job and the things I was doing. And it's sort of like the intellectual conversion. But when I started praying the morning and, you know, midday and evening prayers, that, I mean, that really, really began to turn, change my life in material ways. And that was when then I got really, really further down the road and right. got real close to So what is the name of that book? Where can I get one? Uh, I've got it on my shelf. I can't remember this name. It's like a basic Catholic person, but I will uh, give it to you and I'll post it in the podcast notes. Oh, that'd be awesome. Okay. Wonderful. Yeah. Thanks, Ed. Well, I can't wait to get together again. We'll have to get out and get lunch again here soon, and uh, we'll do that. And um, keep going. Also, we've got some side quests coming up. Yeah. So we And yeah. and we've got some fun stuff planned, including you going to the to your first mass at a cathedral. So. Yep. And I'd love to talk Catholic music. That's yes. my whole thing. We've got that whole, yeah. So we've yeah. got some fun stuff come up and our, our side quest to see new things and experience new things. And and part of our, well, we'll announce our secret quest in, uh, next time. So, All right. Thanks, Greg. Okay. Take care. Thanks, Ed. One of the best ways to learn more about Catholicism, its beliefs and practices, saints and stories, heritage and culture, is to visit the places where the Catholic story actually unfolded with someone who can explain it, answer your questions, and help you apply it to your life. Especially as a part of a group of pilgrims that are sharing and supporting and praying for each other as they discover together. 
That's why the ministry that produces this podcast, One Whirling Adventure, offers pilgrimage trips. I'll be your guide and teacher, unpacking Catholic faith, life, and heritage for you in some of Catholicism's most significant sites. If you'd like to join me for a pilgrimage to places like Italy, Ireland, Israel, or France, visit the website oneworlingadventure.org to see the dates and details of upcoming trips. That's oneworlingadventure.org and click on the travel tab at the top. Let's discover our Catholic faith and heritage together. Our time is winding down, but we end every episode by learning and leaning into one of the classic Catholic prayers. For those of you who are considering Catholicism, consider making this prayer a regular part of your relationship with God. Lord, teach us to pray the prayers of the church with all the saints. One of the ways that Catholicism helped me to grow in my faith and really in maturity as a person was through the rhythms and the disciplines of the Catholic prayers. As I shared with Ed, during my Protestant days, I had morning devotions, but they had no consistent structure or definitive form to them. I I was sincere, but I just didn't know exactly what to do to become more spiritually mature, and so I really never made very much progress. But while I was considering Catholicism, someone gave me a little black book of Catholic prayers, and one of them was called The Morning Offering. The idea is exactly as it sounds, to wake up and offer your day to God, something like a sacrifice so that he can consecrate it and offer it back to you as something that's been blessed and becomes useful. Now, to be completely fair, this isn't a uniquely Catholic idea. But the intentionality and form of the Catholic morning offering made it deliberate and practical and tangible for me. As I said to Ed in our conversation, these prayers were like learning how to use the machines in the gym properly. Even if they were available to me before, until I had a program, I never made any real progress. Now, based on that idea, there are multiple versions of the morning offering that you can find in various prayer books, but they all have the same purpose and focus. This is a simple one that I've found to be quite helpful. Perhaps you will as well. The Morning Offering O Jesus, through the Immaculate Heart of Mary, I offer you my prayers, works, joys, and sufferings of this day. For all the intentions of your Sacred Heart, in union with the holy sacrifice of the Mass throughout the world, for the salvation of souls, the reparation for sins, the reunion of all Christians, and in particular for the intentions of the Holy Father this month. Amen. Thank you for listening. Considering Catholicism is produced by One Whirling Adventure, a 501c3 nonprofit organization with a simple mission to excite and educate people about historic Catholic Christianity and to equip them to live, share, and defend it 
in the 21st century. We depend completely on your generous donations. Learn more and consider supporting our ministry by visiting oneworlingadventure.org.